Philippians in chapter 3, if you will. Philippians in chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Finally, my brethren, that's how you know Paul was a a Baptist preacher. We're in chapter 3. There's a whole other chapter after this. Finally, we're not, that doesn't mean anything. We're not done. (laughs) Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have, if this this should be underlined in your Bible, if it's not, you should do it, we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but which is through the faith of of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. That I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, for which also I am apprehended. Of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, just for allowing us to gather here tonight. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to gather here freely. Lord, thank you for uh, all what you're doing already with the, the missions revival. Lord, for speaking to us last night. And Lord, I, I call on you and ask that you'd speak to us again tonight. Lord, um, hide me behind your cross. Do not allow me to say anything that I shouldn't say. But, Lord, I pray that I'd say everything that you would have me to say, Lord. Uh, Fill me with your spirit. Uh, 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 Help me to preach, Lord. Allow me to preach. And, Lord, that we can speak to hearts. Lord, I pray that you would break hard hearts, break away the stony hearts. And, and Lord, speak to us, Lord, that we may hear from you and that we may go out and be doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is a, a familiar passage of scripture, a powerful one yeah. at that. And, and uh, if it, I entitled this message, and if uh, you like titles, the title of the message is Work for the End is in Sight. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a common theme in scripture, and, and uh, uh, better preachers than I, they, they, they'll, they'll separate these two ideas. But, but for me, uh, and I think in scripture, it's, it's, it's inseparable. Because uh, forever you, you see the, in Scripture they talk about the rapture, they talk about the second coming of Christ, they talk about Jesus coming again. It's always an encouragement to stay true to the work. It's always an encouragement to keep going. It's always an encouragement to, to, to keep working harder and that your work is not in vain. And, and just to prove it to you, we're going to look at a, a few passages of Scripture. Uh, turn to First Thessalonians 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. You don't get bonus points for beating me there, but 
First Thessalonians chapter 4, look at uh, verse 13. The Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. <clears throat> For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Uh, look at Titus in chapter 2. Titus in chapter 2, uh, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all inequity and purify in himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Yes. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And in the great resurrection chapter, turn to 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And start in verse 51. Uh, verse 50, I like it. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Yes. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yes, amen. amen. So we're in, a, we're in agreement that every time that the Bible talks about the, uh, the resurrection, that every time the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ, every time the Bible talks about the, the rapture or being called up, it's an encouragement to stay diligent in the faith. And tonight I want to encourage you to stay diligent in the work. Yes, amen. Much like uh, when Paul often, is this, is this water for me? Oh, good, praise the Lord. Oh, forgive me, I'm, I'm fighting a cold and I uh, pray the Lord gives me grace to my throat will hold up through this message. <clears throat> but much like Paul, and in, uh, in, he often uses um, sport references in, 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 his, in his preaching, and, and he talks about running a race. And, and I think about running a race, and, and when I ran track in middle school, I, I ran the 800. That's the most they can make me run. I, I, I refused to run the mile. I remember they would, they would time us for the mile in practice, and they're like, oh, we're going to run the mile today. And they would time us who won, who would run the mile in, in, in competition. So me and my friends would walk that mile. But I would, I would, they wouldn't let us get away with that on the 800, so I'd run the 800, and, and 
And I remember that first lap would just be miserable. I hated it so much. But that second lap, maybe about halfway through, and especially once you get on that last 100, man, you, you got a burst of energy. You're almost done. You could, you could keep on, you could, you could just, you could fly through that, that last little bit. You got that, that extra burst of energy once you saw that the, the end was in sight. And, and I grew up riding horses, and, and, and we'd have the, I had this most stubborn mare you could, you could ever have. And she was barn sour, and you, you, it, was a, it was a pain to get her to go out into the pasture. But man, once we were done for the day and we were riding back, and as soon as she could see the barn, yeah. man, you better have a hold of them reins. She was, she was going. She, the end was in sight. She knew she was about to get fed. She knew she was going to get the saddle off. Man, she was, she was going. She was on a dead sprint. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what the, the Lord wants, to, wants, us, wants for us. When, when he talks about the rapture, when he talks about the second coming of Christ, uh, that, our, that our eyes would be fixed on this finish line, that, hey, there's an end in sight. Uh, the Bible says we're in the last days. There's a, there's a preacher that I like. He says we're in the, the last of the last days, yeah. right? Like it, at any moment now, that trumpet can sound. And, and the world at this time is, is really looking towards that. And all eyes are on Israel right now. And what's going on there? And there's all these talking heads. And, oh, this could be it. Jesus, come back. Jesus could come back at any moment before that happened. And he could come back any moment now. Uh, the Lord could come back before this service is even over. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Before the missions revival is over, Christ could come back. His return is imminent. And so if we, you look back at our, our passage today, um, Paul is, is, is uh, Philippians is the, the book of Christian joy. I mean, Paul is writing to him um, from, from a prison, and he's trying to encourage the, the saints in Philippi, and he's trying to encourage them to, 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 to rejoice in the Lord and to keep their joy in the Lord and to, and to press forward in the work. And, and at first he, he goes... And he tells them to beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the concision, beware of uh, the Judaizers of the time. They were going and they were trying to twist the truth that, that Paul had given to these guys about grace and salvation by grace. And they were trying to twist it and put them back under the law. And he says, be aware of these guys. Don't just listen to them and let everybody in there. But be aware of false teachers in this day. And over and over again in, in Scripture, we're, we're told to be aware of more, there's going to be more false teachers. There's going to be people that, that come through and they try to twist the truth. And, and more and more uh, of today, the, the, the devil's tactic is, is not so much as to squash the truth as, it's, as his tactic was in the past. But it's, um, in, in, the, in the past, there's, he would try to uh, erase the Bible and get people not to have the Bible in their language and, and all these things. But his tactic more now today is just confusion. Right. He just tries to mix it in with everything else. And, and he just there's there's a there's a branch here and a branch here and you talk to the average lost person out in the world and they've got so many different ideas of religion and they're so confused on everything that, that that's through there and we have to take the sword of the Lord and and, and cut through that yeah. and show them truth. And so, so Paul is telling them, have no, have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in these things these men are boasting of and, and what they claim to be sanctified and what they claim to be holy. And, and Paul goes on to say, you know, if, if anyone could brag about that, it was me. And I'm not bragging about any of that. Right. I mean, Paul says he, he was a, the Hebrew of the Hebrews. I mean, if there was, if, if there was a, a gold medal for being religious, Paul would have got it. He was, he was that guy. And he's saying there's nothing that he goes, I, all of that is, is um, he goes, I count all that but a loss for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yea, doubtless. Verse 8, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the, the knowledge of, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, yeah. and do count them but dung. Right. It's been said there's, 
it's, it's, it's hard to, to reach people today, and in and, 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 and some way it's, it, it is harder to, to reach people through evangelistic efforts today than it was maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. And, and uh, some of the uh, men of God that I've been around, they, they'll admit it. Back then, people listened when you used to knock on their door, or they at least talk to you, or at least invite you in for the most part, and, and people today don't want to talk to you or listen to you. And, and I think that the problem is, is, is he, he says, I count all these things but a loss. And Christianity doesn't cost anything anymore. Like, there's nothing I can do to, to buy it or earn it, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about that. I think, I think we all know this, but it, it doesn't cost anything to be a Christian. We've lived in a, in a day and an age that they've sprinkled Jesus on everything, and, right. and, they've, and it, 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 everyone's a Christian, and everybody's grandma's a preacher, and, and everybody comes with religion. I'm, we've been baptized a couple times, and, and it, it doesn't cost everybody. You're American, therefore you're Christian. It's been sprinkled on this, this grace, and you live as you are and stay that way. That's not Bible Christianity. That's not what, what, what Paul is suffering here for. That's not why Paul's in prison is because he said, hey, you know, keep your, keep your false gods, keep your pagan religion, keep all the things that make you happy, and just, you know, love, love like Jesus loves, and, and everything's okay. And that's, that's not Christianity. He goes, but to count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Friend, my first point tonight, we really only have one point and a couple of sub points, but my first sub point tonight is that you can't do anything for Christ if you're still trusting in your own righteousness. That's if you're still trusting in your own flesh to do this, I'm sorry, but you have to get this thing of salvation settled before you can do anything for God. If it's, if it's so easy to derail you from your faith, if it's so easy to derail you from your work that all the devil has to do is whisper in your ear, and, are you sure you're saved? Are you sure that, that are, you, are you sure you've done enough? Are you sure you've done all these things? And if you're trusting in your own righteousness and you're trusting in, in, in what you've done and what you've accomplished up to this point, then, friend, you're trusting in the wrong thing. And said, so I'm trusting in Christ's righteousness. And there's only ever been one way of salvation. And that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for you and for me. There was nothing else that was good enough. The Bible says, my righteousnesses were as under filthy rags. There's nothing that I could do that would ever add up to ever be good enough to, to, to even think about going to heaven. Friend, what you and I deserve is eternity in hell. If I got what I deserved right now, I'd be in hell with my back broke, begging for a drop of water. And until we get to that point, until you realize that you're a sinner and that you need a salvation, and this is what brought me to salvation, this is what brought me to, to know Christ, is that I was trying to do the work of God without God. And it was fruitless, and there was nothing to it. I couldn't do anything. I was miserable. You have to know who Christ is. That leads us to our, to our next verse. Paul says, that I may know him. Friend, do you know him? Ephesians chapter th uh, 3. Go there, please. Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to look at a lot of scripture tonight. I hope that's okay. It's all right. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. 
Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Do you know that Christ? And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. Look at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, and that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know that Jesus tonight? Do you know the, the height, the breadth, and the length of his love for you? Have you experienced that? The Bible talks about a, an intimate knowledge of God and an intimate uh, fellowship with God and to know him and that he loves you and that he wants you to know him. That he wants to have a relationship with you. He's done everything to have that relationship with you. He sent his son. Uh, look, at, um, look at Philippians uh, chapter 2 next. Chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yes. He left his throne in heaven and became lower than the angels and became a servant and was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, the most horrific death that the Romans could think of of the time for you. Do you know him? Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friend, you're going to confess it sooner or later. You, you should probably do it on this side if you can. Given the opportunity... I don't know why the Lord's pressing me so hard. You're here on a Thursday night. You're, you're at a missions revival. But friend, stop faking it. I don't know what you're holding on to. I don't know what's keeping you away from, from knowing Christ and giving your life for him and knowing what he's done for you. But this thing is real and you need to get it settled. Look at Colossians, please. Colossians in chapter 1. Uh, verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image, the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, invisible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by him and for him. And he is before all things. By him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Yes. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Colossians 2 and verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Friend, do you know him tonight? Maybe you know you're saved. Maybe you know you have a home in heaven when you die, but do you know him? 
Do you have that intimate knowledge of Christ? Do you know the Jesus of the Bible or do you know the, the Jesus of the world that they try to, that, that they try to give you? The, the love is love and, and that's all love is. But I'm sorry, but love works doesn't just mean just love. Love is love. That's not what that means at all. Lust, lust is lust, but love is... <clears throat> I love that, that saying up there, the love works, because I don't know if you probably preached it, but the double meaning, because if you love Christ and you know Christ, you want to work and do more right. for him. Right. Right. Uh, back to our, our passage in Philippians, please. Verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Hey, the reason we go through persecution, the reason that there's hard times in our lives is only just to draw us closer to him. It's only just so we can know him better and have a sweeter fellowship and be more reliant upon him. And, and every part of our lives, we just read that he's supposed to be the, have preeminency above all things and the first in all things in our lives. And it's so easy to get distracted by the things of this world. And if anything else, I want to I wanna help us focus our minds on, on heavenly things tonight. And, not, and, and forget about the, the temporal things of this world and the things that, that so easily beset us and the things that so easily get in, in our way. But focus on, on Christ and focus on the goal and, and why we're here. Why would he leave us here? Yeah. It's because we have a job to do. Yeah. It's because there's work that needs to be done. Be conformable unto his death. Uh, Galatians Chapter 2 and verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Old Lester Roloff used to say every morning he wakes up and he jumps in the grave. Because the old man is dead yeah. and the new man is, is alive. And our lives are supposed to reflect and point and point people to Christ. And we can't do that if we're always focused on the old man. If we're always focused on what pleases me and, and what it takes to make me happy. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Hey, no one's, I'm sorry, but no one here is perfect. None of us have apprehended. None of us have made it. I don't care if you're the oldest person in here, if you're one of the, the youngest kids in here. We still have to grow in holiness. We still have to grow in Christ likeness. We still have a job to do and God still has a purpose for us here and now. <clears throat> it says, brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Just one thing. We get so caught up and there's a, a million things we have to do. And I know especially uh, in the ministry, it, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in all the things that I, that I have to do and all the things that have to get done and, and nothing gets done unless I Unless, unless I do it and, and all these things that have to, that, all these puzzle pieces that have to go together and have to be completed before anything else can get done. And, and it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the work, we miss the point of it all. Yeah. There's a, a, a dear fam a church family of ours, a, a family in our church. They were one of the first people that, that loved on us when we first came there. Um, their names are Pat and Rhonda Hull. And they, they quickly became a, a, a second set of grandparents to us. And they, they, they loved on us. That they we we go play tennis together, and um, and um, 
Pat and Rhonda Hole went on a, a, a cross-country motorcycle trip. They're, they're in their mid to late 60s. It's going to be their last big trip together. Uh, they're up in Wyoming, and um, this was August 28th, uh, 2022. And they were on a highway in Wyoming, and the back tire blew out on, on the motorcycle. And, uh, and Miss Rhonda was flung from the motorcycle and uh, broke her back in three places. And, and uh, Brother Pat, he wasn't wearing a helmet and, and suffered a traumatic brain injury. And they, they were on the side of the road. And, and uh, praise the Lord, someone was, was behind them and saw it. And, and the ambulance got there very quickly. But um, uh, they, they were rushed to the hospital. And we weren't sure if, if Brother Pat was going to make it. Um, he ended up suffering, suffering several strokes and a heart attack as well. Um, Miss Rhonda has made almost a, a full recovery. She's walking again today. She had uh, lots of um, skin graft surgery on her hand, had to get her hand almost completely put back together. Um, and then Brother Pat, he's the, the traumatic brain injury and all the strokes, he's had to be in, 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 in uh, certain care facilities. And, and uh, he was in a hospital for a while. And, and Miss Rhonda, every chance that she got, before even she was still doing physical therapy, before she even recovered, uh, my wife had drove her a couple times to go visit her husband so she could uh, attend to him. And, and, um, and eventually Pat got moved to an um, uh, uh, elderly person's home, I guess. And, and, uh, and that was a little bit closer. And Miss Rhonda could go and, and visit him. And she would go every day and she would take care of him. And she would, she would feed him and, and just do all the necessities that maybe the staff didn't have the time to take care of and to attend to him with. And uh, Miss Rhonda was, was, her stepmother came and visited her one day and, and Miss Rhonda was, was rushed and was having to go out and she's like, oh, I need to go to the store and, and buy a new, new toothbrush for, for Pat and, and get up there and go do it. And, and her stepmom basically looked at her and, and said, what's the point? He's, he's practically brain dead. He doesn't even know you're in there or not. Miss Rhonda looked, looked at her stepmom and she said, I, I can't do anything about his brain injury, but I can brush his teeth. Amen. And friend, you, we're not asking you to hang the moon. We're not asking you to do everything. I'm not asking you to do anything spectacular, but this one thing I'm asking you. This one thing, can you do it? Paul says, this one thing that I, I, I do. Forgetting those things which are behind yeah. and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Yes. I've heard it preached, and I think it's good, and I think it's valid. Forgetting those things which are behind, you know, your past failures, your mistakes, your faults, the, the, the things that trip you up, the things the devil likes to bring up and, and remind you of why you're not good enough and why you, you can't serve the Lord in the capacity that he has you there, why you're not worthy enough to do it, and, and, and I think that's all true, but... But also we need to forget about our past victories. We can't live in our past victories anymore. I'm sorry, but the, 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 I'm, I'm thankful and I'm a benefit of all the things that God has done in the past. And you're a benefactor of all the things that God's done with this building and these things. But if that's all that God does here, we missed it. He says, reaching forth to those things that were before. I don't know about you, but I want God to do a work in my day. I want to see God save people in my ministry. I want to see people come to know Christ. I want to touch lives and invest in people and to see God change lives today. I'm so sick of hearing people talk about how it was some, all the great things that happened back then and how no one could re recreate these revivals and, and God will never work like he did then, today. I'm sorry, but it's still the same God. And the Bible says, I am the Lord God and I change not. He's still capable of doing big things. 
I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That word press is interesting. Because we think, and most of missions conferences are just begging you to do the bare minimum. Begging you to, I mean, it's, it's expected of you to witness, to tell people that if you know Christ, it's expected of you that you'd want to tell other people about Christ. Right. It's not even a command. It's, it, it's expected that, you, that a Christian would repro, that reproduce other Christians. It's expected that a church would support global missions. It's expected that a church would financially support missionaries and, and, and try to get the gospel around the world. That's what, that's what their great commission is for, right. yeah. is to get the gospel throughout the entire world. And our dear brother uh, did it so well last night about uh, wanting to do more than you've ever done for God and wanting to do more. <clears throat> but if you're not doing more, if you're doing less than what you've done before for God, then you're backslid. Yeah. Then you're not right with God. Right. There's no such thing as, as staying neutral. There's no such thing as staying in the same place. Everything is moving forward. And so if you're not moving forward, if you're not progressing and doing more for God every single time, then you're behind. Then you're backslid. Then you're away from God. You're not where God wants you to be. If we're pressing toward the mark, if we're pressing toward the prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, if we're looking towards the things that, that matter for eternity, if we're trying to make a difference in this life, the, John chapter 9 and verse 9, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day, for the night cometh when no man can work. There's coming an end to this, and we only have this little bit of time, this little bit of stretch, this little blip in the matter of all of eternity to make a difference. This little blip, this little blip of a life that we got, this uh, three score and ten years if you're, if you're lucky. That affects all of eternity. The first choice, obviously, is knowing Christ as your Savior. Yeah. Not just knowing of him. Not just having a mental assentment that, yeah, you know, if, if any religion is true, then it's probably Christianity. But knowing that Christ died for you. If you were the only person in the world, Christ would have died for you. He loves you that much. Yes, sir. But two, since he died for you, since he loves you that much, since he saved your soul from the hell that you and I both deserve, I've only got this, this little blip of a lifespan to honor him. I've only got this little blip of a lifespan. There will be no soul winning in heaven. There will be no prayer in heaven. There'll be no giving the missions in heaven and reaping the benefits and all, the, all that goes to that and, and, and getting the crowns and the rewards here that I can cast at my Savior's feet who deserves everything that I have to offer him. I only got this little bit of a life to make a difference. Pastor, I got this little bit of a poem and then I'm, I'm done. <clears throat> the poem's called Only One Life by C.T. Studd. He was a um, a missionary to, to China, and then he went to, to India and then and later died in Africa. Uh, this man, uh, given everything uh, just to serve the Lord, gave up fame and fortune, was a professional cricket player, whatever that means. And, <laughs> but he was, a, he was a man of God. And he wrote this poem, Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life, twill soon be past. 
Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon it's fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice. Bidding my selfish aims to leave, to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When the bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep and joy or sorrow, thy word to keep. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time we had together. Lord, we thank you for the message. Lord, we thank you for just the privilege it is to serve you. Lord, none of us are worthy to, to bear your cross or to bear your name. But God, we pray that you would, uh, you would go with us. Lord, we know that our flesh, there's no confidence in the flesh. And our, without you, we can do nothing. And Lord, I just pray that you would help. Lord, that you would bless, that you would speak to hearts. Do what I cannot. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.